0: Gentlemen, to episode 20 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast. I am Chance. I write the games of chance.blogspot.com. With me, as always, is Chamberlain, who writes Infinite Backlog. How are you doing this week, Chamberlain?
1: I am doing quite well. Happy to be here.
0: Oh, yeah. Joining us this week is Mr. Alex McCracken, the movie guy. Hello. That's your title now, the movie guy. Well, I have seen a bunch this week. (laughs) Really? What'd you see?
2: Oh, good lord. I've seen high rise. I've seen, uh, Deadpool for the 18th time. Jeez.
0: Uh, when is Deadpool Ooh. on Blu-ray? It's like next week, right? Oh, it's on Voodoo right now.
1: It hit digital I think already too.
0: Yep. Yeah, but I want I want the physical disc in my hand like Star Wars.
2: Ah, uh, then you have to wait.
1: I, I think bet.
0: yeah, I think it's early May. But yeah, that's totally a buyable one. I'm not sure what else is buyable yet. Oh, and we got we got advance tickets to Captain America next weekend.
2: Oh, you lucky bastard. Yeah, it'll be on oh, it'll oh, be on oh, Sunday oh. though.
0: And I saw the Witch How's the
2: way is that
1: super scary the 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 trailer scared the crap out of me it's
2: yeah, it's not so much scary as it is really unsettling, okay, mm-hmm. it's like really effing disturbing, like you're not scared, but you you're, you're like, antsy. I can't watch these people. This is so depressing and horrifying oh. so mm.
0: what what I kind of hope from for that movie is that it's kind of like one of those seventies horror movies where they do spend a lot of time on character and just kind of building tension and like like it follows. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I am pleased. It's, it,
2: they could have made this movie 80 years ago. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Not really.
1: Well, I mean, I mean not relying like, on special effects on gore, it's actually mood, it's setting mood with characters. Is that what it's you're It's not
2: just historically accurate, it reflects the time. Ah. Like, this is a kind of movie someone from that time would have made about a witch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and cool. it's
2: awesome.
0: Cool. So yeah, Alex is our movie guy, and he <laughs> writes uh, dailycrackpot.blogspot.com. And uh, this week we are going to talk about video games and what we've been playing. We're going to hit headlines as always, and then we're just going to ramble at the end because that's what we always end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll probably end up talking about about frozen Barbie dolls or something.
1: Have you been I watching the that. Hydraulic Press channel? Is that where that came from? Yeah,
0: oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> I love that. You, oh, the man.
2: Legos one was amazing. Oh.
0: It kept popping out. Yeah, I, that's what I got, I'm, I'm watching this to watch these things get crushed, and it all just pops out. That felt very anticlimactic for me.
1: Did you watch the most recent one where he had the 3D printed hopes and dreams? I'm crushing <laughs> your hopes and dreams. No. They're very dangerous. <laughs> oh, that was easy. Is what it seemed in the end. Oh. <laughs> It bothers um, me that there's a dozen copycat channels already because I want to support this guy because I think he's just hilarious. So, I may buy a T-shirt from him. It's very dangerous. We must deal with it.
0: My guy at work who loved black and white. He is, um, I want to say Ukrainian or or his, and he speaks the language. Like he speaks some sort of Eastern European language. He the goes over there. Yeah, there he, are so many. He goes over there to visit once in a while. Hungarian, that's what it is. Hungarian. And he likes to point out that all this depression and stuff that goes on in North America is a result of when we were kids, everyone told us that you can be anyone if you're just true to yourself and you find that kernel of the divine within you and express it and express yourself. And if anyone doesn't accept you for who you are, well, fuck them. They're not really your friends. And in Russia, (laughs) if you are born potato farmer, you will die potato farmer. And so no one has these great, stupid aspirations that they are going to end up in the 1%, and so there's, like, no clinical depression in the country, because they're all just like, oh, this is life. kind of sucks.
1: Oh, and they also consume massive amounts of vodka. Wodka. Wood, yes. I
0: don't know if that's great or terrible. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's just human is what it is. (laughs) I think all things considered, North America is kind of like one of the terrible countries lately. Yeah. But people keep trying to get in.
1: Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Really? Yeah. They they think it's that much better here?
2: Really? There's been a lot of... uh, When the economic downturn, a lot of people went back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
2: (laughs) And the news media won't cover it because it's just kind of (laughs) depressing.
0: Anyway, uh, Alex, what have you been playing this week?
2: You know, just Dark Souls 3. I've been really trying to beat Do Game Plus and I'm almost done.
0: So you you got past that... uh... That halfway point, yes, sir. Now, um, let's what see. what is that halfway point for you? What, what was the um, boss that you couldn't? Uh,
2: um, that uh, Eldritch dude, Aldrich is it? The right. dude in the
0: in Arlandil. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. I just beat him. He's I thought, a punk. The second time, I thought it was a chick, like because yeah, because uh, he reminds me of like the. Uh, The personas That the support characters And persona would have Like these beautiful Hmm. Long limbed women Because when he When he does like The bow shot It looks so beautiful Him And the uh, Pontiff Salihman Oh that guy's awesome Oh man (laughs) That was amazing That was so amazing I saved the boss fight Just so I could make Gifts of his Him leaping at me With his flaming sword Oh yeah like, like I looked at him, and he's like, "Oh, that's pretty." And oh fuck! Oh no 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 no! no God <laughs> damn! Oh no, no, it's over. Such a beautiful beginning to that fight of you and him, just kind of slowly walking towards each other, and oh, great musical cue, amazing music, amazing fight. It took me so long. I ended up stripping down and just wearing nothing but like flame resistant gear, so I kind of looked like uh, a medieval clown. <laughs> but it, then finally, I could kind of go toe to toe with him and kick his ass. And it I took me needed two other guys to help me out with that <laughs> oh no I never do that mm. never do that never
1: summon anyone oh you've gotten good then
0: no I just play so I, I feel like I feel like one of the core experience of Souls is being alone in this lonely land and I know that there are people who praise the sun and all they want to do is you know PVE and PVP and help other people and that's great you know enjoy the game but for me these are opulent romantic fantasy experiences of a lone hmm. warrior and I am completely taking over Alex talking about Dark Souls Three. Alex, please continue talking about Dark Souls Three. Oh, I got
2: nothing more to add. Um, I think Dance of the Frigid Valley is the pinnacle of boss design. I think the entire series has almost been leading up to that. I thought it was. I played her like three times now, and I love the rhythm that she demands.
0: I uh, I, I haven't found her yet. Where is she? Oh, you'll get to her. Okay, so you she's... can't avoid her. Okay,' cause, okay, so she's necessary because I've got through like this Ithol of boreal valley or whatever, yeah, you're right there, oh really, oh yeah, because right now i'm I'm pushing into Anorlando, Orlando and in the other direction I've got um I've got the the dungeon and below that is the uh the profane capital she's
2: at kind of the last trailhead, if you know what I mean, okay, like before the the story branches
0: off for the last time, she's in front of that hmm. Oh, get, yeah, I keep on hearing about her, like, people getting up against that fight and that this is, like, she is the Vicar Amelia of this game, apparently.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you just, just learned how to dance.
0: Yeah. I'm hyped for her, man. Oh, she's fantastic. I'm really excited. She makes
2: these awful, but kind of, like, beautiful, like, like whispers. And, like, if you can, you have to, like, figure out which whisper means what. If one whisper means she's going to throw a grenade on the ground, one whisper means she's going to do, like, a whirl attack. It's Seriously? just so many... Great tells.
1: Oh my god. I I know what you're doing tonight.
2: (laughs) You're almost there, Chance. Oh, that sounds fucking
3: awesome.
1: It's (laughs) fucking awesome.
2: But truth be told, yet again, the very last boss is kind of a shrug.
0: Yeah, but that's okay because the last boss to me is less about being uh, the ultimate expression of this hardcore combat than it is the ultimate expression of the themes and story. that this game has been telling. So it can be completely out of left field, and I, as the player who doesn't pay much attention to the story, doesn't understand why I'm fighting this old man with a cane or whatever, but there's something symbolic and powerful about it nonetheless.
2: Yeah, uh, Bloodborne definitely had the best Souls end, I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Oh. (laughs) Sigh It really makes me miss Bloodborne a lot Like that's why I love Boreal uh, Boreal Valley so much Just walking out and looking at it It was like oh my god it is Yarnum in the winter Pretty much yeah It's So beautiful And uh, yeah it made me miss It made me want Bloodborne again Like please give us a Bloodborne 2 from software Who knows I hope they try something
2: really weird and different
0: They're certainly trying something different I don't know how weird it'll be but that's our first piece of news. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chance rubs his hands together.
1: In anticipation.
0: That's right. Chamberlain, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, Well, we had two new characters hit two different fighting games last week that required at least some of my attention.
0: Yeah, does Guile have uh, the United States flag tattooed on each shoulder?
1: Yes, yes he does. He's got it twice? <laughs> oh, he's that American, baby.
0: That's <laughs> very American.
1: Oh, Yeah. No, so Guile hit on Street Fighter Five, and I, I had a pocket Guile in four to deal with some of the more annoying matchups, specifically Honda, because you could just pin him in a corner with Sonic booms. And I am not near, I'm not above playing that lame. That's how it works sometimes. So I picked him up and played him, and I'm like, okay, Guile is Guile. He's pretty much feels the exact same way. He's got two special moves, just like he always did. He's got a nifty air throw. He's got limited combos. He feels like Guile. He's one of the only true zoners in this game. No one else can really pull it off except maybe Fang, but he can pin you on the other side of the of the other side of the board with the Sonic Booms and it works pretty well. So I played it for like an hour and a half and decided I'm gonna go watch some videos of him. There is a YouTube personality named Desk, who puts out combo videos for all the characters. And he's not human. He has extra fingers or uh, he can see into space and time, or something, because he can do ridiculous things. So the first video I see on Guile is desk playing Guile, and he pulls off this like thirty-five hit, twenty-five second combo with Guile. Hmm. He's playing; he's pulling off Marvel versus Capcom combos with Guile in the yeah. wrong game. Yeah, but doesn't and he do maybe, all
0: that in the training room? And they're not technically really possible usually against a PC uh, no, it's, player. No, it's
1: it's they're technically possible, but they are far from um, necessary. Okay. It's just he takes the engine and he pushes it out as far as it can possibly go. This is what you can do. This is not what you should do in a match because it's a waste of resources and time. But it's possible. That's all his point is. And it looked cool. Hmm. So Guile was Guile. And I like having Guile around because it's it's a good backup character. Uh, the better of the two came out, Killer Instinct Season 3 continues to have some very interesting characters come out. Vampire and, Girl. Yes, Vampire Girl. Mira. It's, it's, Killer Instinct really is the Darkstalkers reboot that we didn't know we wanted. Hmm. Uh, Mira is a straight-up vampire character who has an amazing mechanic to her where her most of her medium and fierce attacks deal damage to herself. The uh, flip side of that is, is that she does ridiculous damage. Like, easy combos, 60%, done. But in that 60% combo, she does 20% damage to herself in potential damage. So you're constantly balancing doing damage with her or recovery, because you, you can get that health back by using her Bite Attack, either in a combo or as a linker or as just a straight up command throw. So it's this it's this dance with her where you're doing damage or getting health back. And I, I, of all the seasons of Killer Instinct, this is the first character besides Thunder that I've really wanted to put some time in with because she's really, really interesting and incredibly mobile. A lot of the characters in Killer Instinct are, are not... I mean, as if between her and maybe Sidera and uh, Cinder can bounce around the screen like crazy. Well, Mira has an air dash, finally. Straight-up hmm. anime air dash. Hurts you a little bit, but you can do the air dash. So she's got more options than most any other character. Half of them do damage to her, so you're constantly deciding, do I go in, do I get health back, what do I do? The, the upshot of her complexity is that On those first couple of days, everybody sucked as her, (laughs) so I jumped on Rank with Thunder. I'm like, okay, I'll beat you up, I'll beat you up, I'll beat you up, and then I'll learn these characters later on. But I'm I'm quite pleased that with 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 Killer Instinct how it's turning out that it's it's taking these bizarre characters, throwing them in in a game where there really isn't a theme anymore. It's just these weird characters. There's, there's no general, there's no central theme to Killer Instinct anymore. It's just we've got a vampire character, we've got a mummy character, we've got this Indian character and a robot. It doesn't matter. They all just look cool together. But it's so,
0: it's it's kind of singular. Like, there is no other fighting game um, out there that is a constant update like this. Like, it's basically an MMO where it is constantly being fed new, new content. There is nothing. Yes. Like, it's season three. We're on year three. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing stuff of apparently quite high quality.
1: Yeah, and it changed developers after Season 1, so we're on the second team of people working on this. That's crazy. And it's gotten better since then. I mean, well, I, 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 I'm so happy that it came out at Windows 10 just so more people can actually play this game. So it was Killer Instinct, it was Street Fighter, and I put in a reasonable amount of, reasonable amount of time on Alienation. Well, Chance, I know you bought this. Did you play it anymore?
0: No, not any more than the half hour I put into it. I like okay. it. It's just you know I've got dark souls. You've got lots of separate. stuff to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. So alienation is um, it's Diablo crossed with Borderlands almost. Uh, so you've got you've got a twin st- with
0: Dead Nation.
1: Yeah, crossed with Dead Nation. So you've got you've got a twin stick shooter. Of, of high quality already, because Dead Nation was very good. So you've got a twin-stick shooter crossed with the weapons drops of Borderlands, but there's also some skills that you can learn, and there's three different classes you can play as. So it's this great mis- mishmash of different genres, and Housemark pulls it off really, really well. The only problem I've seen with it so far is that the single-player campaign is on the short side.
0: Really? You it's beat all like
1: twenty it. It's like 20... No, I didn't beat it yet. Okay. Uh, it's only like twenty admissions that I got to mission ten in only about two three days, mm-hmm. but the difficulty jump from from mission nine to mission ten is just ridiculous. I spent this morning an hour on one mission, mm. just dying over That's and over fun. and over. Well, th- it, it, it says
2: it the wasn't... guy who just
0: beat Dark Souls three.
2: Yeah, yeah, but this one had a really great learning curve.
1: This one, what it did is that it warns you. You finish, you finish Mission 9, and it says, okay, you know what? If you want to go back and replay some old missions, go ahead now, because we've ramped up the difficulty on them. Oh. So it expects oh. you to go back and grind a little bit. I'm like, fuck that. We're moving on to Mission 10. I like I, I, I paid. I paid the price for my hubris. I finished <laughs> it, but man, that was a rough hour.
0: I really I, like how they acknowledge that, that they just rack, jacked it up, and like, yeah. hey,
1: you yeah. should shore
0: up your defenses. The mm-hmm. half hour I spent with it was grinding, because I beat the first mission, and I did it while ignoring all those, or by de- while destroying all those checkpoint things. Yeah. So I would get more drops at the end, and then I got mm-hmm. some drops. And then I beat it, and I'm like, well, I've got this new mission unlocked, but I could go back and play the first one and, and try to do better. So I decided I was going to go all over the map, because the map is really big. Yeah, it is. And I was going to try to clear out, like, all the map. And destroy all the checkpoints all over the map, and then I was gonna get a crazy amount of stuff, and then I died when I went <laughs> to an area that I didn't need to, and so then I got nothing.
1: Yeah, there <laughs> there are about there are about three missions per map, hmm. so you, you don't really need to feel you, you shouldn't feel compelled to explore the map all the way because the maps are big enough that the missions will start you in different places and they will take you to all corners of the map. So you don't need to you don't need to explore hundred percent on you know one area or one, one, one mission. What, what uh,
0: class did you take?
1: Uh, I took the big tank guy. Yeah, I can't remember me the name too. of it is. Yeah, I, I was feeling kind of boring, and since I knew I was going to be playing it primarily single player, I wanted some beef. I didn't really want to deal with the healing. The What, what was killing me over and over again is you're, you're basically running a gauntlet in the level that I was stuck in, where you discover there's this giant shield somewhere in the Midwest, and they start lobbing mortars at you. So you can't stop moving, but there are still lots of enemies, and there's this long gauntlet about four blocks long of hell between what you found and where the helicopter is going to pick you up. So I worked my way through hell. The first time I'm like, I'm just going to run through this with my dash command and hopefully the helicopter is going to be there. No, I died like three, four times in that hallway or and moving down that that gauntlet. So then I picked my way through it slowly, got to where the helicopter was, summoned the helicopter, which was going to take 60 seconds to get there. And of course, (laughs) you know, there are now a million enemies and I have no fucking ammunition at that point in time. (laughs) So, died went back to the beginning again. S- I mean, trial and error. I eventually, eventually, I figured it out, and I killed enough stuff that I got some pretty sweet weapons on that. And I kept all the XP and all the weapons I gained because dying just basically resets your physical progress. You don't lose anything they actually did. Sure. So I mean, I, I'm happy with it. I know it's gonna be done in a couple of days. I know Hearthmark will bring out more stuff for it eventually because that's what they do. And I'll pay money for that as well. But it's it's a it's a good shooter. I like it.
2: Oh, So, it's a first-person shooter. No, I no, think it's no. a
1: top-down, twin stick. Top-down okay. shooter. Okay. Yep. Yep. Think, um, all right, did you ever play Smash TV? Way no, back I got in you the day? talking about. Yep.
2: Sort of like, uh, Dungeon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Kind of so. like Dungeon.
1: Not that it's kind like of difficulty.
2: A, it's like a Diablo thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You're that sounds really fun. Killing stuff it with is. that loot, and it's it looks really good, too. It's so
3: good looking.
2: I love loot. I love loot <laughs> systems. My favorite thing about games are usually just loot systems. Like, no one gives Resident Evil credit for just how brilliantly
0: they dole out money.
1: Which Resident Evil?
0: Uh, four. Oh, Yeah, That only applies to four, though. Like, four is the only one where that was amazing. But
2: they nailed it. Yeah, you okay. can get, like, more, but it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was brilliant.
1: And they had that trench coat guy. Was that the trench coat guy who would sell you weapons?
2: Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: Oh, he's strange, yeah? He never knew what you were going to buy from him.
1: Yep.
3: <laughs>
0: now that now that you've finished all of the Souls games, Alex, mm. where do you think this one places? Uh, it's not the best. Really,
2: it was a little rush out the door. Best gameplay the series has ever had. Yeah, S- some of the bosses really let me down. Like what? But not as much as two. But I like two's world a lot better.
0: I keep. I. I. I don't think I've that they've ever nailed it as well as they did in the first one. Where, and, and the first one was a really kind of unusual world design compared to anything else they've done, where you can go down a rabbit hole and an optional rabbit hole and come out at a lake at the bottom of the world with a hydra in it and beautiful trees as far as the eye can see like you're in a separate dimension.
2: I know. Dude, when I found that, I had beaten the game like three times already. I was like... I- diving through a wiki and I'm like, wait, where the hell is this place? Where the hell is that? How do I have not found that yet? This place is huge!
0: And um, so I'm I'm kind of worried that I'm going to miss that in 3, so I did actually Google uh, (laughs) uh, optional areas in Dark Souls 3, and I've actually, I found the first one that I can get to at this point, and all the rest are later in the game, so I'm like, okay, don't even look. Yeah, there's a couple. Not as much as I'd like.
2: Nothing is, you know, just mind-blowing as Dark Souls, the original... But again, we've been doing this a lot. It's been every single year. It's amazing they're as good as they are. Yeah. Uh, I hesitate to make saying Bloodborne's the best.
0: But, yeah.
2: Because it was still more of an experiment than like a full Souls experience to yes. me. But, but the moments of Bloodborne yeah. are indelible. No boss has ever scared me like Parle did. Parle scared the crap out of me.
0: Dark Beast Parle Dark Beast Parle Which one was that?
2: that? Electric dude Oh that dude Giant skeleton and, he, dude. and again he was optional Oh so great Yeah But um, I, if I had to put it I'd put it a Because I don't want to just put two on the bottom Because I like two more than most people
0: Two was good It
2: was Yeah You yeah. know what? I'm not going to rank them They're all Deserve to stand in the room To be honest
0: You are all beautiful my children and I They really are no, they nothing are. below a 90 across the board. That is true. <laughs> that is true. It's like it's like uh yeah, it's like the difference of like the top percentile. Which of you will get into Tokyo University? Well, probably Bloodborne. But yeah. <laughs> But you're all exemplary. But <laughs> you
2: guys put in more work than Bloodborne did.
0: Yeah, they really did. So yeah, I checked out Alienation for like 30 minutes. It's good. It's really good. I'll go back to it at some point when I don't have other stuff to play. And lately, I've been spending more time than I expected with Dark Souls. Like, I, I got into Severed. Severed is amazing. and In fact, I'm just going to talk about Severed because it's fucking oh, weird. do. Like, okay, do you remember the first time you picked up a Wiimote and found that it actually kind of worked for certain games? No. No. Well, that did happen. Or, or, <laughs> or just, or even, even, uh, okay, here's a better example. The analog stick in Super Mario 64.
1: That's a much better example.
0: Yes, nudging it forward so that he just kind of tiptoes along, pushing it all the way forward and he starts to run. It was revolutionary.
1: At yeah, the time. paradigm shifting, yes.
0: Yes, and that is what the swiping in Severed feels like. It feels... Ooh. It feels relevatory. It feels completely unusual, and it is completely unusual, and it's so strange to have this game. And, you know, sites are writing it up as the last great game on the Vita, And I just want to like hold up a middle finger at a site every time it does that. But it's certainly the last large Western game coming to the Vita if we aren't counting other indies. But yeah, there is nothing else like it. Where, and I have found, like what I'll do, is I will rest the left side of the Vita on my two middle fingers on my left hand. My index on my left hand will kind of grip it at the top, my pinky on my left hand will grip it at the bottom, and my right thumb will manipulate the thumbstick for turning and moving. <laughs> and mm. then my other, my other hand is just the index touching the screen, free to do everything. And it is really weird how effective this combat is at actually being thrilling and involving and feeling tactical and vicious. Like you are beating the hell out of these guys, and you're doing it by swiping your finger <laughs> like it's it's really weird how successful it is being a game that you play while swiping your finger, like it's just kind of insane. <laughs> like you wouldn't think that it would work, but and uh and you see videos of it, and you get it instantly what you're doing, like a guy puts his hand out here, you swipe into it to uh, parry his attack. uh you swipe across him to attack that's that's instantly intuitive, you instantly understand it. But uh, the game gets really, really interesting by throwing enemies at you with, for example, buffs. And this one has a speed buff on it, and it will attack you way more often than it normally would. And it'll throw, like, literally sometimes eight enemies at you at once. And every enemy has an attack timer going. And you can see at the bottom of the screen every enemy has an icon and you're watching the timers at the bottom of the screen as you're dealing damage to the guy you're currently dealing with and you can't just like go nuts on an enemy and attack him. Enemies can only be really attacked at certain points in their animation. There are these like mushroom things and that's a terrible way to describe it um, <laughs> Goombas, that grow, no <laughs> sort of that grow out as their animation or as their cycle progresses. And just to keep them locked down, you just swipe them three times to get rid of their brush, or the stuff that's grown up on them, and they will start their cycle anew. But the only time you can attack them and do damage to them is briefly after you've gotten rid of all that stuff. They will open their eye to look around, and then you can get in there and swipe the eye. And and every enemy is kind of like that, where there are only certain moments where you can attack them. So your zipping your view around the screen, dealing with this guy, shutting this guy down, stopping this guy, using your flash attack on this guy to just kind of freeze him in place, and then turning around and, okay, now I have a moment to just deal with you. So it's kind of like Stick of Truth? Um, no. No. It's, so it's not like a turn-based thing? No, not at all. It, it's completely real-time. It's 100% real-time. But That your, sounds awesome. But your enemies are on kind of like a um, an active real-time battle timer where they okay. are they are constantly trying to do an attack on you, but you can see how they're all coming along. And you you could say the easiest way to kind of describe the game is that it's a first-person dungeon crawler. But having played, like, real traditional wizardry-style dungeon crawlers and playing this, they are worlds apart. It's not a good comparison. It's not a good description. It's just a way to... Instantly kind of make it understand that you move through an area in first person.
3: Hmm.
0: In this, every single room that you're in, like in a wizardry game, there are a series of, um, of cubes on the map or blocks on the map, squares. And you move through with single frames of animation between these squares. In this, every one of those, quote, squares is kind of a cylindrical room that wraps around you and you can look around 360 degrees and then you walk into the next room and what happens with your viewpoint is it walks like right up to the wallpaper of the cylinder that you're in and then pushes through and now you're in the next cylinder uh... so you end up it ends up feeling like a real kind of world that you're exploring where you can look through a broken wall in the room that you're in and see that in the next wall, there or in the next room, there is there's a gate and Over here there's a switch, and it's really weird and satisfying to reach out, touch the screen with your finger, and bring it down to flip a switch. There's something really relevatory about that. Severed is amazing, but it's so unusual. It's so unique, and it's really not getting the hype that it deserves. There's nothing else like it. Like, it was so risky of Drinkbox to do this. The biggest downside of it is it's not guacamole too.
1: Is this <laughs> going to be a problem for Drinkbox? Because you had said that if this doesn't sell, they're yeah, in trouble.
0: I wonder. I really do. Because um, th- this is so risky in all ways. It is not a genre that Western gamers, which is, you know, they are a Western developer. It's not a genre the Western gamers really love and buy a ton of as a rule. Uh, it is a new IP, which all on its own is super risky. Um, it is a type of gameplay that literally no other game period does everything about this is unusual and risky and strange and all of that is a recipe to not do well commercially <laughs> but
2: so i guess it's just something they decided to like what would be worth betting the whole studio on what could you walk away from being satisfied making if you could never make something again it's
0: something like that and it is absolutely remarkable That's great. Like, it is a 9 out of 10. It's a completely different 9 out of 10 than Guacamelee! was. I think, just for me personally, I enjoy the act of playing Guacamelee! more than this. Because I love platformers. I love brawlers. But, as a unique experience, in the same way that Bioshock was a unique experience, in the same way that, you know, a Souls game is a unique experience... This is incredible. There's nothing else like it. The, the world is gorgeous and haunting and lovely and it's so imaginative. The only thing that springs to mind that I can even compare it to, and I think it's just because, um, Labyrinth was announced for Blu-ray this week. I'm thinking of Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Like, it is now just. Now I'm just thinking of uh, David Bowie's Bulge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Potpourri. It was just potpourri. Pot- oh, you read it was that just Potpourri, thing. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, That's a great story. And uh, So, yeah, it's it's remarkable. I really want to know how it did. I want it to have done very well, and I'm sure they're, they're just going to support it to smartphones, and hopefully they get picked up by enough uh, sites that cover smartphones to do well. But it is stunning and completely original and entirely successful in what it tries to do. Hey, have if it, it been, hits I'm-
1: Android, I'll play it on my tablet.
0: Oh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: At least, like, they bet the farm on something worth betting the farm on.
0: Yeah, but this is like them making Okami. Like, yes, it's amazing, but maybe Uh, it just doesn't have the mass appeal. And I want Drinkbox to keep working. I love this studio. Their stuff is unique and amazing. And, um, yeah, like, it's stunning. What what
2: really killed me about Okami is they tried something that wasn't, you know, direct anime style, and they failed, and that... That kills me, because I love that art style so much. Yeah,
0: there's the heavy ink. Oh, well, they're they're kind. They do that a little bit with that Neo demo. Huh. If anyone else has tried Neo, I don't think I like Neo nearly as much as Souls. I like some aspects of it. I like that to level up, I walk up to a shrine and begin to pray, and the little radish. Monster or spirit that lives on the shrine begins dancing, and that's how I level up. (laughs) Um, That's pretty cool. But in terms of how it plays, I don't really like it all that much. When you run out of stamina, you're like staggered, which is apparently part of the system. Apparently, there's like an active reload aspect to the stamina management that it doesn't explain Uh... to you. And just in terms of building a world, I don't, I don't feel it has the trappings of a Souls game. But to me, a big part of a Souls game is the sense of mystery and romance to it, and there's none of that. This is just grim, dark samurai times. Oh, I think I got a
2: little fan theory about why Souls games don't actually try to tell you a story; they just let you figure it out. Okay, go ahead. It's a way to get around losing mm-hmm. things in translation.
0: Um, actually, it's it's a result of things being lost in translation. Oh, really? Would you like to tell me? Me to tell you? Yes. Okay. Hidetake Miyazaki used to read, Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales when he was a kid. Oh, yeah. He loved them, but uh, he didn't actually read English all that well. There were a lot of words that he couldn't understand. So as he would read through the stories and like read through Lord of the Rings and stuff, he only got snippets of this world and this story. And so that is what defines a fantasy story for Hidetake Miyazaki. So That's when awesome. Yes, so as he's creating the Souls games, that is what he's recreating. A story that you don't get all the pieces of.
2: And no other medium could do that.
0: I don't well, think. If I tried to read a book in Japanese with only a passing understanding of the language... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but no other medium could do this, like, intentionally. Um, no. Do you think? Oh, no, not even. You could, you know, you got books with unreliable narr- narrators. You could have movies oh, okay. with, yeah. you know, like uh, uh, Fight Club. That's a good point. There's a whole story that, you know... And then the twist is, ah-ha-ha, ha, you had no idea what was going on. I was Jack all along. Oh. What else have I played? Oh, yeah, and I keep on going to Ratchet & Clank whenever a Souls boss just pisses me off. Like, after failing like against... bubble bat. Yes, after failing against Pontiff Saleman last night repeatedly, I was like, okay, it's time to go just, like, blow some shit up in, in <laughs> Ratchet and & Clank. And the only thing I really dislike about Ratchet & Clank is when it veers off letting me run around and platform and shoot guys with awesome weapons. Like, I went to it after Bloodborne last night, or, sorry, Souls last night, and I was locked into a sequence that was basically a modern-day Crash Bandicoot, uh, where you are running along as Clank towards the camera with a giant murder bot coming to kill you. That should have stayed in the 90s. (laughs) And it looks absolutely incredible. It looks amazing. But But. I want to run around and shoot shit and, you know, blow up awesome crates with guns and become like a singularity of bolts, please. (laughs) But, yeah.
1: The bolt vacuum, yeah.
0: So that's my only problem with it. Anyway, um, Alex, play anything else this week? Uh
2: no, I've been busy as hell. Um, I've been writing a little more, Ooh. but we don't need to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm months away talking about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Play
0: anything else this week?
1: Uh, no, it was pretty much still prepping for Combo Breaker and playing Alienation when I can, so...
0: Well, what I'm hearing, then, is that it's time for headlines.
1: Excellent. Sure,
0: sure is. Lines. 40 minutes in. All right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of Hidetaki Miyazaki... Uh, the, head, the honcho uh, from Software uh, He said that Dark Souls is over this week Dark Souls 3 is the last Dark Souls Thank God Now I think he had said that earlier So I wasn't like intuiting that when I said that last week But the quote is What is certain for now To me personally, Dark Souls is over So rather than make another sequel I think it's time we take a step in a new direction Development of a new IP has already begun uh, What new IP? Well, they put out a video on YouTube that apparently has actually been on there since April 14th. Um, it's basically, they're hiring. their next game is going to come out in 2017, and it'll be for PS4, PSVR, Xbox One and PC. Oh good. PSVR. Are: they That's ma- Are they making a King'sfield successor? Holy shit, I didn't Oh, is think this a VR that? game, just period? I don't know, but it says PS. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the deal. Is that'll be a Souls game, but you can play it in PSVR. Wait, does Xbox have a VR thing? No. no, no, it's got Hololens. That's not, no. no,
1: that's not really a thing we're going to talk about. I don't need to take that abuse for being the Xbox person thing. But you. they were
0: so excited at E3. How could they lie to us? <laughs> uh, my uh, my guy at work who loved uh, Black and White, he calls me over to his desk on Friday. Because he's super excited, he thinks this is going to kill VR He shows me an ad that a company is putting out for their hologram solution mm-hmm. And all this amazing stuff happening right in front of these actors who are reacting to this stuff And it's like, not real! Like, none of this is real, I'm like, why are you even showing me this? this none of this stuff exists This is like, this is what it could look like, this is the HoloLens reveal again And he doesn't know what I was talking about
1: See Microsoft put the eggs in the long basket. A couple of years even before HoloLens, they put out this demo of a projection system. Did you see this that Ooh. allowed them to basically extend your TV out to your walls and ceiling. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. What was that called? I don't
1: remember what it was called, but it looked good because it didn't it didn't need to be very it didn't I mean how, how do I say this? Everything on your peripheral vision doesn't need to have the same detail as yeah. what you're looking at in your central line of vision. So all this really did was was extend the screen out to your peripheral vision so you get the feeling of motion. And it was just a set of projectors. And they said, well, this may or may not actually be a thing. It's something we can do. And it looked really cool. And it was like it was actually technology that I believed as opposed to that HoloLens nonsense mm-hmm. that they tried to put out with E3 at E3. So why didn't they do that? Do something different? No, no, we got to have more VR like everybody else.
0: Ugh. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if augmented reality glasses like that do end up being the future. But Google Glass, gonna, yeah, Google Glass. <laughs> but you are going to need like some incredible technology to get that resolution going when it's literally sitting in your eye. Yeah, like, I'd settle for a decent battery.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. Plug mm-hmm. it in your pocket.
0: <laughs> Speaking of what's coming next for Xbox, apparently, according to uh, Leek, a leak, uh, a second-generation Xbox One, although it was technically called in the document the Xbox One Two. Uh, (laughs) has been in production since February of 2016. Uh, So it's probably just a slim.
1: Yeah, it's just... I I saw somewhere that it's, like, significantly smaller. Like, the Xbox One Mm -hmm. right now is like something like 7 or 8 pounds. The Xbox One Slim is, like, 3 pounds. It's supposed to be a significant drop in size.
0: Did you guys see that Stark Industries Xbox One? Yes! That was awesome! That's pretty (laughs) cool.
1: Tony Stark built this Xbox
0: in a cave! (laughs) <laughs> With a pile of scraps.
2: Oh, that was a great headline.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, that uh, it's like, oh yeah, uh, Jeff Bridges was in a Marvel movie, and that was gone. Yeah. <laughs> that was so
1: shitty. I could see him releasing that, releasing news of that at this coming E3 and have it on the shelves the next day. It's like, by the yeah. way, here's your new yeah. Xbox One, smaller, uses less power.
2: Didn't they do that I one did, year? Yeah. I thought
1: they did. I think they did too. Actually, yeah. yeah.
2: I've started the original Iron Man like 15 times. I've seen the ending maybe twice. The first half is the good
0: part. It's so good. And the thing is that's like the only sequence we ever see of Tony Stark actually flying around doing awesome shit, saving people's lives, fighting armies as Iron Man is when he lands in that village and shows off all his awesome Iron Man shit. The American Dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, indie title Oxenfree is coming to PS4 after a brief Xbox One console exclusivity window. Um, I don't think any of us played that, did we? Mm,
1: no, I'm not even sure what it is, honestly. Oh. I may have to do a little look.
0: It's it, it's it's that. like an interactive novel thingamajig. Oh. Sort, sort of. Like I, I kind of get the impression that there's more adventure elements to it, but apparently it is like really... The story is like a crazy... Supernatural time travel story. The story is apparently crazy. Uh, From what I've heard from the sound design, it's good, creepy,
2: like uh, classic Spielberg creepy. Yeah, but it's like two D. I'm into it. Yeah, no, it looks cool.
0: Although it also looks like a game I would play on my Vita. I don't know. They reviewed it in like three or four months ago. Yeah. And I don't think the reviews were super hot. Let me see. No, they Jackson weren't. Free Metacritic. Oh, well, I know why
1: I passed on this because I'm, I'm, the screenshots are not exactly.
0: Yeah, the art appealing. design isn't tight. Hmm. Eighty on Metac- Metacritic for PC. It's not bad. And no, it's actually really good. Seventy-eight for Xbox
1: One. If it's creepy, hmm. well, it'll get added to the uh, Halloween list when I go through all my all the scary games I missed. I'll play in October.
0: <laughs> now, uh, the hottest news of the week. Uh, probably the news that thrilled me the most is that uh, Exist Archive is coming west. Exist Archive is the latest thing from TriAce, if we're not counting the new Star Ocean game. It's basically their spiritual successor to Valkyrie Profile. Hey. And I know we talk about words. this once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, TriAce did make the original Valkyrie Profile. Exist Archive is. Kind of the same thing, where you have a squad of people, each one's actions are mapped to a face button, and you can create these big, beautiful, super stylish combos, where one guy is going in there beating on dudes with a sword, another one is flipping around with pistols. It looks amazing. Uh, coming, coming west for Xbox One and Vita, <laughs> localized by Axis, who did who do really, really good localization work. They did uh, Murumasa, and they've done, obviously, all kinds of other stuff, coming physically, and it'll launch October 18th.
1: <laughs> Very pleased. Speaking of Triace, hmm. did you hear about how the new Star Ocean is doing in Japan, reviews-wise? No, how's it doing? Apparently it's being savaged. Oh, uh, why? Uh, it's not really a Star Ocean game. There's not a lot of exploration to it. Okay. Oh. Like you don't, I think you don't leave a planet or something. I just saw a blur about it saying that. Did they
2: get an MMO out of that Star Ocean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I distinctly remember, like in high school, my friend loving it. Could have sworn there was like a huh. Star Ocean RPG. He was, he was talking about like just how nice random Japanese people are on the internet. I'm like, what? Explain yeah. yourself.
1: <laughs> Those are the ones not playing the Final Fantasy MMOs.
0: Yeah. Famitsu what? review scores.
1: Notoriously harsh. Yeah. Good but fair. Guess. They Star really like
0: Skyrim. They gave Star Ocean... Okay, so the way Famitsu scores work for our listeners is they don't just have one person review a game. They have four people review it and score it out of ten. Star. That's cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, Star Ocean got nine, nine, eight, and eight. Really? For,
1: uh-huh. Yes. What am I, okay, what am I hearing then? I swear I read somewhere that... Uh, redacted... Uh, well, okay, I, I but, but
0: I think I think in Japan, Famitsu is kind of like the equivalent of IGN. Oh, like I don't actually trust a Famitsu score for shit. Okay, but um, yeah, that's what I got.
1: Anyway, well, I'll still play it. I'll let you know what it how how it turns out.
0: <laughs> Dragon Quest Monsters got nine, nine, eight, and nine.
1: <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> well,
0: we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Also, this week, super happy, David, uh, Tyler Sigmund, who's the lead designer of Red Hook Studio, said in a tweet that he had played. Darkest Dungeon on a Vita And he had died in the t- tutorial Which is cool But Shit. man, just the fact that the game is Running on a Vita That is the biggest hurdle for any port And it's actually happening uh, They have pushed back the Playstation release date Until uh, July or August 2016 But the important part here Is that it is actually coming to Vita It hasn't been like stealth cancelled or anything I'm so happy about this <laughs> Yeah, I could not be happier I really
2: want an anti-grind mod for that, though.
0: Um, well, apparently they already did it. Um, they did. Yeah, uh, they they kind of they listened to the feedback after the launch that you know when you've got like a team of level sixes and they all die, that is a it lot is of so work. Fucked. Yeah, that's just is... walk
2: away. From, I walked away from the game for like I lost
0: two level fives. I I haven't touched it since. Yeah, and that's a lot of that represents a lot of time and a lot of effort to get a crew to level 6 and a lot of money, and so Three what hours. Yes, and so apparently what there is is there's a way to just, like, recruit level six characters or, like, oh, buy level God. six characters. So, yeah, so they've, they've kind of addressed That's super up. cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Oh, they've been incredibly reactive. I remember once I was doing a dungeon run, and um, and I got a bug where I couldn't change the order of my characters during a fight, mm. and when you get surprised and your characters are up out of order, uh, that's... Screwed that's the only thing you are worried about doing is moving your characters. So instead of, you know, going ahead and dying, I just shut the game down. The next day, I turned it on again. In the intervening 12 hours, Red Hook had patched it. <laughs> <laughs> and I could go on with my I could go on with my run. So they are they are really cool. Also, uh, the Vita Port is being handled by a crew called Sickhead Games. Now, no one's really heard of Sickhead Games, but they're basically a porting studio. Uh, they dealt with uh, Towerfall Ascension and Octodad on Vita, and on PS4 they did Dust and Elysian Tail, Iron- Ironclad Tactics, Escape go 2, Skulls of the Shogun, and Apotheon. So it's a good porting studio. Like wait, they, wait,
1: uh, wait, wait. Apotheon?
0: Okay, they ported Apotheon over.
1: I know, no, 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 no. no. I, had a, I had no problem with Apotheon. Apotheon had an issue where its save file was like 250 meg. What? No, I'm serious because when they ported it over I don't remember the the explanation for it and it may have been patched out since then but people were filling up their psn cloud saves with apotheon That's because incredible each save was just this huge size
2: because for a 2D side scroller
1: yeah yeah it was something about positioning or something and I think the explanation was well it wasn't really an issue on the pc because no shit you have you know 2 terabyte hard drives on the pc on the ps4 it comes with 500 gig
2: so mm-hmm they really should have anticipated. Yeah. That.
1: yeah. I, it may have been fixed eventually, but wow, yeah, there was there was some complaints about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also on PlayStation news, uh, Ratchet & Clank for PS4 is the fastest-selling title in series history. It hit number 1 on the charts in Australia and the UK, and before the movie launched this week, they did a thing on the PlayStation blog to hype people for the movie and just pointed out no other Ratchet & Clank game has sold as quickly as this one did. So, looks like we're back on track. Legend. Here's hoping. Here's hoping we get a real one with an arena in it and, and flying for the movie wins best picture.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, no,
1: wait. Uh, wait, whoa.
2: <clears throat> it's, it's the pandering piece of garbage I feared it was. You saw Good. it? No, but the reviews told me everything I was afraid of.
0: Yeah, apparently it's, it's like... It's written
2: by a yeah, video
0: game writer that
2: has no idea how to string a narrative together. Yeah.
0: Uh... yeah. That's kind of what I heard is it's basically a video game cutscene but in a movie and what's Ugh. okay in a video game is not necessarily okay in a movie. <laughs> yeah, you need to have character moments. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, just don't go see it there. <laughs> Fix it. It breaks. Uh, it.
2: They. Mm, they shouldn't have just taken the lead writer from the game and just let him let him run loose. Hmm. Shouldn't have done that.
0: Oh well. No, no I'm yeah. sad. Anyway, this is well, good no, news. right? Taylor is apparently hero. great. Yeah.
2: Like the the acting got like accolades from like. Harsh critics, which you deserve is um, yeah. James Arnold Taylor's wonderful.
0: I was thinking that I could totally go for a, a like grim, dark Ratchet and Clank reboot, where Ratchet is like kind of um, a savant idiot, who just happens to be a really, really good shot, and he ends up meeting this robot who comes across as like this little, you know. Uh, nerdy little guy, but he's actually like an evil genius bent on universal domination. And he happens, uh, <laughs> yeah, he happens to have, um, a portal inside him that can hold anything. So instead of calling him Clank, Ratchet calls him Holster. And holster goes along with Ratchet, and he just keeps swallowing all these guns Ratchet has. So Ratchet, unlike anything else in the universe, has an infinite arse- arsenal at his disposal at any given time, Aye. and travels <laughs> and travels the universe just like killing shit because he is gently nudged that way by this by this cute little robot who doesn't want to hurt anyone. You
2: <laughs> just described to... every president that was run by a vice president.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.
2: I think you just described the Bush <laughs> uh,
1: Who doesn't want a pocket Cheney? No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Take this! <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's the uh, American dark sign. <laughs>
3: okay.
0: Uh, John Romero and Adrian Carmack, who were two of the founding members of id, uh, tried to kickstart a new FPS in the past week called Black Room. Now, um it very quickly became obvious that black room was not going to hit its funding goal i think they asked for 700,000 and after like a week they hadn't even done 10% of that so it was oh, not right. yeah it was not going to happen period and so they announced that they are putting their fundraising on hold so they can go off and finish a demo and then come back and ask you guys for money once we have a demo that you can play Which is probably PS.
2: Yeah. PS, it's really dusty in here. I'm not crying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So just just because I was like, really John Romero, has John Romero actually done fucking anything since Daikatana came out and became a laughing stock? So I looked at it. Turns out he has. He did a couple games for THQ, and then for about a decade he did iPhone games.
1: Yeah, wasn't that Doom RPG or something like that? Actually,
0: he is credited with Doom sixty four.
1: Doom 64 was a good game.
0: Mm-hmm. They but, ported Doom to 64? Yes. Yeah, it was a launch title. Yes. What? And it was like custom for the 64. It was yeah, an original uh, game. And it
1: was actually, in spite of that weird controller, it controlled well. It was a, a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, long I, game, too.
2: I wish I could play some of those uh, uh, Diablos on a controller, but you can't you can't nope. do it with... I, I want to beg Torchlight 2 to be able to run a controller, but they won't do it. Mm. I would love Torchlight on Vita.
1: But I would love everything
2: Torch, on Vita. <laughs> Torchlight 2 was amazing.
1: Yeah, it
2: was. It was better than Diablo 3. Two uh, up. Oh, what? come on. What? Diablo 3 was so
0: boring. Oh, no! That was just a fun, uh, smooth drink. Okay, well, when did you play Diablo? Because I played Diablo when it landed on PS4. Yeah, we, we, I'm talking we, about Diablo 3. Yeah, yeah so I'm we, talking about. We, we, we played... oh, okay, well, I I played it. I came a little late.
2: But like I just I didn't like the loop progression. You just they just threw legendaries at you left and right.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love legendaries.
2: I I like to earn it. Well, like, I tor- I did I, tor- I, did, tor- I, I earned it by them. killing these yeah.
0: demons here with my I fireballs. <laughs> I don't know why I just write in. No, that's three. okay. I mean, if you hate
2: three, it's fine. I, I I don't hate three. I just I remember just being just kind of like underwhelmed by three.
0: No, I, I came to it on PS4. The version that launched on PS4 was literally like five years after the PC launch. So this game had been like ironed and sanded down by years of PC beta testers, basically. And oh what I got, thank you for that.
1: We do on, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and what I got was like this beautifully aged whiskey of Diablo Three. It's like, mm, that is smooth. Well, maybe it, I just played a shitty class. I don't know. What would you play?
2: Um, I was the... Uh, uh dual and crossbow
0: dude, oh yeah, I didn't think much of that class my my buddy Chris played that class, loved the demon demon hunter demon hunter, I think mm.
2: the skills got pretty 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 boring mm. Mm. like there's a point where like you can't do range stuff, and all I had was range stuff, and you can't slow stuff down, and that was my linchpin, and everything kept breaking through my defenses and it was just there. Huh. Yeah. kinda it was kind of like how when I first played the pre sequel, I thought, hey I'm going to be claptrap. This is going to be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how'd that go for you? He's not fun. Yeah.
2: He's... Yep. Interesting. But the, the, everyone else in pre-sequel is amazing. Mm-hmm. They... I cannot go back to 2.
0: Well, I'm sorry I that happened to you, Alex. Yes. You you deserve a good Diablo 3 experience. I do. <laughs> in earnings report this week, it was revealed that the PlayStation Network alone, just, just PSN, had earned... 529.1 billion yen in fiscal 2015. Now, uh, it was very quickly pointed out that Nintendo had also had an earnings call recently where they had announced that their entire business had made around 500 billion total. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh man, PSN is making more than all of Nintendo. Fuck you, Nintendo. But like, come on. Like, what has Nintendo done in the past year except Splatoon? Wii U was on life support.
1: Yeah, that's that. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's not selling like they've got. They've still got the 3ds business, and that's probably where they made up most of that 500 billion.
1: <laughs> was there a Pokemon game last year? Yes. Uh, okay, then there you okay. go. <laughs> I think there was. It's one. not
0: annual, is it?
1: Pokemon? No. Yeah. No, no. it's
0: Not even no. close. They're like are still kind of events when they happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. Uh it's Also, Nintendo announced this week that they will not. Reveal the NX at E3 2016. Um, the NX was actually officially confirmed by Nintendo at this earnings thing. And they said that it will launch worldwide March of 2017. Uh, they confirmed that um, uh, the next Zelda is going to be a launch title for it. And the next Zelda is going to come out whenever the NX comes out. And the apparently the only thing they're interested in showing at E3 is the new Zelda.
1: So they're going to show you the game... But not what you can play it on I'll,
0: I'll be quite interested to see how these graphics look. It'll that be is like fascinating you'll notice this looks better than anything that could possibly run in the Wii U. We're not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah. It's too painful. you will have to excuse us
1: yeah yeah but did did you link that uh, chance was that you who who tweeted that that gif of George and Jerry talking about nintendo showing their showing nothing at e3 was that you
0: i certainly yeah
1: <laughs> yep, yep you actually yep.
0: follow me on twitter i don't do I much. think i
1: did actually
0: <clears throat> let me see what tweets they have tweeted
1: yeah but I, I saw that it was just it was basically nintendo was now seinfeld <laughs> we're gonna show nothing we got nothing oh, yeah. what's yeah, it about yeah, yeah. nothing
0: <laughs> you want to pre-record our e3 conference yeah yes. i think we really got something here what do we got an idea what nothing. idea an idea for a conference i still don't know what the idea is it's, it's about, about that, nothing though. Right. Ah. Everybody's announcing something. (laughs) We'll announce
1: nothing. Nothing. Yep.
0: Yep. So we pre-record the show, and we just announce nothing? Exactly. Exactly. They say, what new games do you have? I say, nothing. There you go. (laughs) I think you may have something here.
1: (laughs) What do we got? Nothing. (laughs) that's, that's That's about what Nintendo's got right now. That's all they have to tell for us. So it's new Zelda on hardware of unspecified shape, size, specs. It's going to run in the cloud. Who yeah, knows? but there's
0: so much they could do. Like, all they have to do is say, okay, so here's this amazing footage of um, of this new Zelda game. Doesn't look, this look glorious? Isn't this like the Zelda that you saw in your dreams? And also, hey, look at this gorgeous new footage of a game that we're calling at the moment Bayonetta 3.
1: Oh, shit. Would you stop yeah. that? I still haven't played Bayonetta 2.
0: And by the way, there's a new core Shin Megami Tensei title. We've got that <sighs> locked down.
1: Oh, God, what... Oh, whatever, yeah, the, last one came up, the last
0: one came up for 3DS. It t- could totally happen again.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. so, you know, there, there's a lot Nintendo could do. Um,
1: there's a lot they could do. Here's what they should do. They should announce the NX event, whatever they do, and have it be a traditional, online, non-gimmicky console. Can you just release a console about the games and not about the things you plug in to play the games, please? And then maybe I'll come back home again.
0: I don't think Then maybe I that.
1: might buy one. You don't think they can do that? No.
0: Why? I don't think they will. Because they've, what, the, they're trying to recreate the success that they found with the Wii U. <gasps> and they're not really, or with the, with the original Wii, pardon me. And they're not really remembering that where they got their success and their huge bedrock was fairly traditional stuff. Was just really good, solid games and they put out, you know, the, they put out the DS and Really, the reason the DS did so well was not because of the second screen. It be- it was because it was an affordable handheld with processing power that was so limited that in order to make a game for it, you didn't need that big of a team.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So a lot of people could make games for it. And so a lot of people bought it. So a lot more people started making games for it. And that cycle just continued. And that's always kind of been an advantage of the Nintendo platform is that they are a generation behind everything else. So it's way cheaper to develop for a Nintendo platform than it is for any other platform.
1: Yeah, but all these ridiculous peripherals lock out the third parties. That's why. Nobody wants to split development and and have to come up with a separate game for that. And when they do, they're usually terrible. I I remember, like, is there Call of Duty or Activision tried to do something with the Wiimote for one of the old either Wii or Wii U? And it was just an awful thing.
0: But I remember hearing something from an insider. I think it was the past two weeks where they said that third-party support for the NX is uh, is better than any Nintendo platform has ever had, ever, for did, third-party did launch support. they say that last time?
1: Uh, they say that every time.
0: Maybe. But, I don't know, this one, like, seemed pretty confident that, yes, this is actually going to have a ton of third-party support. So okay. what I suspect is it's going to be as powerful as a PS4.
1: Yeah, if it reaches parity with the two other big boy consoles and, you know, is running in a normal operating system, then you can just do quick and dirty ports uh-huh. between them. And comparable ports. And, you know, Bayonetta 3.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> not a sexy way to make money, though. No. Yeah, but, but the Wii
1: U isn't making money, and they try to be super sexy with that.
0: I I always felt like they kind of gave up halfway through. Yeah,
1: that. they didn't follow through on it, Yeah. You know? No, like
0: they, there was nothing yeah. they could do. People weren't buying it. People still aren't. The Wii U has sold as much as the Vita. Oof. Mm-hmm. Damn. Thanks. The Vita's been out longer, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Which Yikes. is actually more impressive than the Vita, I suppose, but let's not remind chance of that. Well no, that's a feather in the Vita's cap. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, the Vita. The Vita I'm outsold
2: so a sensitive. Nintendo console.
0: No, uh technically, I suppose, but yeah, I'm really sad about it. I really hope Drinkbox I really hope Severed sells well for Drinkbox. Like I've Everyone seen does. Usually when a game comes out, especially a Vita game, a handheld game, you don't see like secondary articles about it after launch. You'll see a review and then nothing. Unless we're talking about like Fire Emblem or or something like that. But I have seen a couple articles on sites lately that are just um that just after the launch They're like, yes, you really should be playing Severed, here's why. Actually, the touch controls in Severed work really well, here's why. It adapts to all these different kinds of ways that someone might want to hold it and play the console. Um, So writers are really kind of pushing Severed to kind of give Drinkbox a little extra coverage. But, man, I hope it works out for them. They were
2: on the front page of Polygon. That's going to move a couple units.
1: Yeah. Was there a physical release for Severed?
0: God, no. Okay.
1: Okay. So they're oh. making more money on it by not doing that, which is probably uh, a good thing.
0: The only way they're going to get a physical release of Severed is uh, through Limited Run. Uh, like, no no one's probably going to do it. I am crossing my fingers. I would, I would sooner buy um, a physical of Guacamelee, though. Oh, man. Like, be... The coolest thing about Steam and just digital video games is that entire
2: studios can exist without making physical copies of anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Amplitude so much. And they haven't made a physical copy of anything. They've made, like, three great games. There were never physical Amplitudes? Nope. There was never a physical uh, Dungeon of the Endless. There was never a physical Legend of Endless. There was never... Oh,
0: Amplitude is a studio. Amplitude the studio, studio, not
1: Amplitude the Game. You're you're thinking of Amplitude by the guys who do the rock band.
2: Yes. No, I'm thinking like the the, uh, indie French developer that does really awesome turn-based strategy stuff.
1: Hmm. Ah, Yeah, yeah, different things. Yep, yep. They're
2: amazing. Hmm.
1: Hey, speaking of Rock Band stuff, just because it's kind of in my house. Oh, yeah. Expansion announced, announced. Yeah, the announced an expansion that they're going to charge for. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well. Uh, okay, what's going to be in that that they're charging for is online multiplayer. And I could got, I could not give two shits about online multiplayer in Rock Band. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is something you play in the basement with people around you drinking heavily. That's what Rock Band is for. And if I'm doing that alone, playing online with somebody, that's just kind of sad. So... <laughs> I don't necessarily need to spend money on that. As long as it keeps the title active and living, fine. You can have that. I won't buy it, but...
2: I think I think it's over.
1: Yeah, it, mm. That Kickstarter failing the way it did. So miserably. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... You'd have to start over with your library, and I'm willing to bet that... I mean, I, I have no basis to back this up, but just gut feeling, I would say 75% of the people who bought Rock Band 5 or Rock 4, own 3, and we're porting over the library. That's why we bought it, because we have this existing collection of tunes that we want to keep playing. I don't think there was a whole lot of new adoption in that, so moving it to a platform where you have to rebuy all your stuff is just silly. What's, what's, like, the, what's the reason to do it?
0: So. Opening it up to a much broader audience.
1: A broader audience, but how many of them already bought it for the 360 and, and want to play it somewhere else? Well, I don't know. I'm
0: sure there's tons of PC players who never even owned a 360 and have heard of this Rock Band thing would be into it. Apparently, $600,000 worth of them. Yeah. So that ain't nothing, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, Rock Band is what your dad played when he was cool.
1: I'm still but, cool, yeah. damn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's someone out there whose favorite game in the world is Beatles Rock Band.
1: <laughs> I still have and... Beatles Rock Band. It's good stuff.
2: They put their favorite stuff is in the DLC, and they will they will lose it forever.
1: Yeah, they're actually shutting all that off. In fact, I think it already happened.
2: That's if, so cool. If you
1: don't own the Beetle the DLC for Beatles Rock Band, you cannot buy it anymore. I think so it already sad. happened that it's gone.
2: Yep. No, I thought they took it away. Like they just took it down.
1: You can't take it away. It's it's. I mean, can't. if if you own it, you can re download it, but you cannot purchase it anymore.
2: Okay, good. So I read that wrong. Because yeah. It seemed to me like I don't know how draconian you know. Music rights are—they're pretty crazy. Yeah. They took music out of um,
0: uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, yeah. In I heard Steam about that. That's and, crazy. And I and I thought the the PS4 upports as well. I heard that music got pulled out of San Andreas. Yeah. Like
1: after the fact, you own the game, and they 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 wormed in and took it out. No, yeah, no,
0: this happened like last year. Oh really? So like after the game yeah. had launched,
2: they pulled music. Like in the. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, not Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, the third one with uh, CJ. Uh, San Andreas. San Andreas, yeah. They pulled music out of the game, Damn out of me. everyone's game. Wow. San Andreas
0: was like the first game that taught me that I could love country music. Yeah. When Amos Moses was a Cajun. He did <laughs> it by myself in a swamp. It was a great I one. I got
2: really into um,
0: uh, Tom Petty. Oh, God. Yeah, there's nothing like a Grand Theft Auto soundtrack. We could talk for hours of Grand Theft like Auto soundtrack. Just hopping soundtracks.
2: in that crop duster plane and, you know, chasing down a dream pops running, on. Running team. down a dream. dream. Running, running down a dream, excuse me.
1: I've seen Tom Petty in concert. That old man rocks. He puts on He's a great good he's on show. King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious. forgot he was in that show.
0: <laughs> he's on King of the Hill. What is he, Boomhauer? Yeah, he's lucky.
1: Yeah, he's a recurring character, yeah. Oh, he's like a cast
0: member towards the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. It
0: took me so long to get into King
2: of the Hill. If if you're not from the South, American South, I totally understand. Yeah, like,
0: but but you kind of have to be there. It took me like years of it just kind of being on to really just get it that all Hank wants is is it Hank? Yeah, yeah. Hank. Yep. Yeah, all Hank wants is just for things to be normal. But his wife is Peggy, <laughs> and his <laughs> and his amazing. son is his son, and he's always like, uh all, all oh, I want to do oh, oh, is drink oh, a beer and watch the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. boy, it right. Boy, it right. Oh, God. And is pretty, that some of the best stuff Mike Judge ever did? Oh,
0: that's... uh the space. Yeah, oh. Mike, Mike Judge has done... Did you see the Beavis and stuff.
1: Butthead when they came back for that extra season?
0: No, it was awful.
1: <sighs> yeah, it didn't quite... Uh, okay, was it awful or have we all matured just enough?
2: I think it blew both.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was like Futurama. I didn't have the energy to fall back in love with it.
1: Oh, I I did. I didn't
0: didn't miss an episode of the new Futurama.
2: I mean, I'm talking about the new... uh, Beavis 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 and Blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I never got... I I was never into it, so I never cared about it.
2: But I loved Office Space just because they really nailed shitty off-ramp apartment complexes. (laughs) Like, I have... Been to that friend's apartment. I'm like, wow, this is yeah, this is grim. They nailed it. <laughs> Saying as I live in a, not an off ramp apartment complex, but a pretty shitty apartment complex.
1: I do need to watch Idiocracy one of these days.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's yeah, really it's, good. It I've
1: seen lots of clips of it, but I really should watch the whole thing.
2: But you know, don't get too drunk because all you'll be able to think about towards the end is Trump. <laughs> oh
1: God, no! <laughs> Why do we have to come D- back to politics?
2: Ah, yeah. Hey, don't good. worry. All the, like, a lot of really good, really smart delegate math is in, and he's going to lose in a
0: landslide. Yo, yeah, well, great, so you get Cruz. Congratulations.
1: No, 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 I'm no, talking about... He's going to be the nominee. V- yeah. I'm
0: talking about Clinton v. Trump. Yeah. Why on earth would they make him the nominee?
1: Really? They don't have a choice. They can't. They can't, they can't stop him anymore.
0: I thought they were locked in that they no, could... Nope. nope. Cruz burned out. And honestly, I'm a little glad,
2: because even... The ex chairman of the RNC called him Satan in the flesh. Yeah. He's a horrible human being. <laughs> John, John
1: Boehner, the crybaby, cry didn't like uh, Cruz. Eh. Oh, don't get me
0: started on Boehner, but I, <laughs> I, I think he's telling the truth about Cruz for sure. Well, if he's telling the truth, he seems to be under the impression of the same truth that anyone else who has ever known the man seems <laughs> to be spouting. Like, you, can't... you need
2: to see. Um, there's a guy named Craig Madsen, who's like a. I think I brought this up last time. But his Twitter rants, just about being his college roommates, are so good. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: so what's it like, like to live? Banshee.
1: what's it like, chance to live in a country with a calm political system right now, where things are kind of okay?
0: Um, I don't know. Have, have I have I brought it up in the past? Uh, the Canadian identity. Mm. Okay, um, Statistics Canada did a uh, did a poll a while ago to discover what people in various parts of the country feel is the crucial component to what it means to be Canadian. (laughs) And there were some things that, you know, were kind of more popular in this section of the country, more popular in that section of the country. Certainly, Tim Tim Horton's donuts, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. Um, That that stuff's awesome. That's right. Hockey, that's that's obviously a big one. Uh, But the one thing that all Canadians agree on that defined the Canadian identity is that we're not Americans. <laughs> 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 so there's there's this real kind of arrogant, uh, polite arrogance that <laughs> the Canadians just looking south at the border as, you know, schools get shot up and people are like, these things happen. And See, then a, a transgender person might want to use the bathroom. Think of the children! <laughs> like, like <laughs> fuck! Like, <laughs> Americans are, like, and I know that there are intelligent Americans, but it's like Will Smith talking to Tommy Lee Jones in the first Men in Black movie, and Will Smith says, you know, why don't you let people know that there are aliens around? People are smart. And Tommy Lee Jones says, no, people are animals, and you know it. A person can be smart. People, people. are idiots. And, yeah.
1: you could say- <laughs> Sad,
0: Panicky animals. Yeah, yeah.
1: You can ask that same question in, in, in so many different places in the U.S. and get different answers. We're so diverse and weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, some, wait. some people would give you good answers, and some people would might be a little bit ashamed. So, and,
2: yeah. is it true most Canadians in their house somewhere they have like a shrine to Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yeah. No, <laughs> <Okay>.
1: no, <laughs> not but true. I've, eh?
0: But I've never known a Canadian who didn't know who Bob and Doug McKenzie were. Who was uh, that? Al- although, really, uh, this th- what surprised me. If you guys are familiar with this, do you know the Red Green show?
1: Yes. Yes. No
0: that is was that quint- something with Rick Moranis? No, no. Um but that is quintessentially Canadian. The Red Green Show.
1: That um, was on PBS here. Yeah. For years. Might still be for all I know.
0: I was talking to uh, to a friend of work the other day about New Orleans and about how I I find New Orleans fascinating because of the mix of cultures in New Orleans. And how, in America, it's very much encouraged to be a melting pot, where you come to this country from wherever you're from, and then you become American. Here's your ball cap, here's your, you know, shorts and your <laughs> your cowboy boots. Your Yankee ball cap. Your Yankee ball cap, and now now you are American, do as we do, talk as we talk. But in New Orleans, it was kind of interesting, where these cultures remained somewhat distinct, as they drew from the other cultures in the area, to create something very, very unique. And that, that largely is the difference culturally between the US and Canada. Is that in Canada, you come to Canada, welcome Muslim, here is your, here are the mosques that we have in the country. Please, you know, come to Folklorama and show us your traditions and celebrate your culture. I'm going to go back here and go to the Ukrainian pavilion because I really love pierogies. And in America, it's, no, be, come here, become American.
1: No, in the America that, that you don't hear about, that's how it really is. It's the yeah. it's, it's the, play, it, the people who make the most noise, and the idiots on TV who are saying, you know, be American, speak American, this and that. That's not how it is as soon as you get away from... A television camera.
2: Yeah, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Half my neighbors are Chinese exchange students.
0: <laughs> but that's just your neighborhood. Yeah, and we're nice at Duke. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's cool in Canada where you go. The further east you go, um, the more um, uh, the more more generally Muslim you get. The more. Uh, people from African communities you get. The further west you go, the more Asian it gets. Um, when, like I am in Winnipeg, and like right smack dab in the middle of the country. We have a colossal Filipino population. Okay. Um, we actually, I think we have more restaurants per capita than any other city in the country. So the, the eating is really good here. By the time you get to uh, Vancouver, BC, a huge part of the population is Chinese, Japanese, Filipino. To the point where it's almost controlling. The- yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool that in various parts of the country you get huge variations in ethnicity. And in, uh, a large part of my city in fact is native, uh native Canadians. Hmm. In fact, the the uh the neighborhood that I live in is I would be surprised if it were less than 80% native population.
1: This has been country talk. Country talk on the Chain and <laughs> Chance podcast. Oh, I could
0: talk about the south all damn day. Do Y'all.
2: not ever get me started in Nashville, North Carolina. <laughs>
1: What's wrong with Nashville?
2: I'm sorry, Asheville, North Carolina. It's, Asheville, okay. It's one of the, it's my favorite city in America. Huh? It's okay. It's wonderful. Why? It's like a San Francisco in the middle of the mountains. Hmm. Steve Martin has a home here. It's gorgeous. Hmm. Obama's favorite barbecue joint is in Asheville. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <sighs>
0: <sighs> yeah, that's one thing that kind of pisses me off. I can't find a good barbecue restaurant. There's some that are oh, okay, I'm so sorry. but there's never been one that every time I go, it is always perfect. Like, I can't find the consistency, man. There's a hole-in-the-wall place my
2: family's been going to for 25 years. Hmm. Oh,
1: they, bullocks. They know when you walk in, hey, how you doing?
2: Oh, it looks like they made it in the 40s ah. and never updated it in a <laughs> wonderful way. I'll never eat in there. I will get takeout from them for days.
1: Yeah, see, there was a pizza place when I was a kid that was like that. It was, the place was called De Marini's. And you would walk in and be a smoky and nasty, and none of the chairs matched, and all the cups were different sizes. But the pizza was, was yes, and part of it was because the meatpacking plant next door made the sausage, <sighs> so the sausage was like fresh that day. Oh and my it god, it was just oh, I mean, and now it's gone and because it got bought up by somebody else. And in name, it's still there, but now it sucks. Starbucks, yep, yep, I always, exactly.
0: I always think I would go to New York or Chicago and try what they call pizza. Be like, nope.
1: Chicago this, pizza, no. This,
0: it's soup. This is not what I grew up with.
1: Mm-mm.
3: It's nope. tomato
0: soup, on some bread. But New York. <laughs> New York's fun, yeah. Apparently, the New York pizza tastes the way it does because of the water in New York. New York water. Uh, that's horrifying. Mm. Well, no. Apparently, it's, it's it's remarkably high quality. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes.
2: That's yeah. not the way I thought you were going to go. No, no, be,
0: because it's it's piped down from one of the Great Lakes. I forget which one. I want well, to say superior, but that's probably not it.
1: Stealing our water. East Coast bastards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Superior <sighs> superior
0: shares. <laughs> shared, shared with Canada. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, apparently, like, New York has incredibly high-quality water, and that's why the dough tastes the way the dough does, and why even if someone in, like, San Francisco tried or replicated a New York recipe, it would not taste the same because they're using different water. Actually,
2: there's a really great... Um, pizza guy that sort of moved from New York to like Durham, North Carolina. has like four different franchises. I grew up on his pizza. I loved his pizza. When I went to New York, it was pretty dead on. Really? It wasn't that big of a swing in quality.
0: Now, Mm -hmm. Randy's pizza, it's damn good. Is it all thin crust, though? Yep. Yeah, I don't, like, you know, thin crust ain't bad, but I gotta be in the mood for it. I like kind of like something doughy and mouth-filling. Hey, and DiGiorno... No, oh. especially like day after DiGiorno. No, really. No, no, oh, no. Oh, I can yeah. I can tell that this is not delivery. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. <laughs> I can get like a three pack of it for tw-
2: fifteen bucks at Costco, and I'm happy.
1: Yeah, that that's there. There, that's that's the selling part right there. It's kind of yeah. cheap. You know what I'm it's reminded of? Cheap
0: pizza It's going I mean, back, I'll drink Paps. bringing it back to Futurama. I'm reminded of Fry filling himself up a bowl of bachelor chow. <laughs> That's literally what it is
1: <laughs> Wait, wait, Alex, did you say you'll drink Pabst? Did I hear that?
2: If I have to drink cheap beer, I will not turn down a Pabst uh, <sighs> Or Natural Bohemian ooh, National Bohemian, excuse me uh, Oh, no, 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 I'm a total beer snob Yeah. I yeah. worked at an amazing brewery restaurant for like two and a half years Okay, I am a beer snob But I don't, I'll drink, I'll drink Pabst I'll throw a Coors Light back in your face but I'll drink it perhaps yeah
1: see in my neck of the woods if you're spo- if you're forced to drink bad beer it's gotta be Miller that's which not
2: is the worst
1: no it's not the worst but the eat- worst is
2: Budweiser and Coors Light
1: yeah oh yeah Coors Light why are you drinking anything I'll have a glass of water please
2: yeah no it's the only time I've ever forfeited beer pong it got, <laughs> it got warm and I was not
1: oh, having it oh yeah it's just the piss worst. at that point yep it's just piss oh god
2: What's are you the canoe joke?
1: No. Go ahead.
2: Okay, what's what's the similarity between cores and sex in the canoe?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> They're both fucking close to <laughs> That's I can't believe you haven't heard of that one. I, I probably have with,
1: with, with a different beer inserted in there or something like that. Maybe ah, Corona some or favorites. something like that. Who knows? <laughs> mm. So, I want a beer.
2: effortless segue, High Rise
1: oh, is oh, the yes. reason
2: why... They will never have to make a Bioshock movie.
0: Ooh, it's a movie. Because they already Ooh. did,
2: and it is trippy as balls and the most Kubricky thing I've seen since Kubrick.
1: I'm looking this up now because I heard of that movie briefly. But...
0: Hiddleston. Oh, uh-huh. you've got such a fanboy heart on for Hiddleston. He's just been in really great projects. He can really pick them. A scathing, intoxicating visual and auditory experience the most truthful and powerful Ballard adaptation we've seen, or are likely to.
2: Yep. It is not fun. If if this isn't for you, please stop watching it, because it is agonizing.
0: Oh, I don't like agonizing.
2: Like, I mean, but in, like, a really artful, meaningful kind of way. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really trying to tell you something about what happens when society collapses, instead of just, hey, look at all this intense drama and violence. It actually... That's all just like kind of a silent montage halfway through the movie is society collapsing. And the rest is just the boredom and starvation.
0: Oh yeah, I think I've yeah, okay. I think I've read This was a show. book
1: first, right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's okay. an
2: impenetrable book. And this is the best <laughs> adaptation you're ever gonna see.
1: I'm watching the trailer now with no sound on it, trying to figure out what's going on. Beautiful. <laughs> Theatre And now? horrifying.
2: Yeah, you must yeah. Um. No, it just got on sort of on demand at the oh, moment. Okay. Okay. It flopped hard because man, no one's
0: going to pay money for this. <laughs> oh yeah. Apparently, uh, the girl who was the robot in um. Oh Vikander. Yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah. Yep. In In Ex Machina is going yep. to be the next Lara Croft. Excellent choice. I would have gone Daisy Ridley. I think. Um, I think she's Vick- a little busy. I think. I th- yeah. True, but I think Vikander is too pretty. Yeah, she's a little frail. Yeah. But she's... I think she could nail it. Oh, she's really good. I'm not saying she ain't yeah. good. She is, but I've never seen her in anything where I believe that this woman is kicking someone's ass. It's like Look. it's like the difference between watching an actor do it and watching. Um, oh, who's that stunt woman? Who was uh, who was in Death Proof? The blonde who's on the who's on the hood of the car.
1: Mm. I can't think of her name, but I yeah, know who yeah. you know who i Yeah, talking about, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You watch her kicking a movie Like this a movie, like this person kicked getting their a kicked, bit of a little of like little bit of a little bit of a little of a combat sequence, it a feels like nothing. Yeah. And the would, like a the
2: difference between a a stuntman and a trained ballerina.
0: Yes, a would really appreciate a female action hero a like, little bit of a little bit of a That, uh, that, MMA fighter in Haywire. that was great. Was that Rousey? No, no, it was the brunette who was in Deadpool.
2: Oh, uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. she's great. Yeah, she is. She's got the presence. She's just not... Uh... Don't throw her too many lines, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> she's not bad.
2: She's not, just bad. not bad. Just don't make her yeah. character develop too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't even realize they were making more Tomb Raider movies.
2: Yeah, Ooh. gotta keep that license from reverting.
1: Uh, That's right. okay. I don't think I saw either of the Angelina Jolie ones.
2: You don't need to. Yeah, Okay. No, you're fine.
1: I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't... <laughs>
2: she's, a, she's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> but Salt she was, was good. She
1: wasn't bad in Maleficent.
2: Oh, no, she can do good things. She's a robot in... Oh, no. Maleficent okay. was bad, though. No, it wasn't. It was pointless. It was pointless, but it wasn't bad. It was one of the bravest screenplays ever ya- aimed at young girls.
0: No, I... Okay.
2: But... Oh, come on. It was a rape narrative, Salted Children, in an effective way. I respect that.
0: Hmm. I never looked at it that way. I looked at he, it...
2: He rips her, he rips her uh, yeah, wings off. I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> I never actually saw it until you pointed it out to me. <laughs> but <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> yes, that's absolutely there. But I don't know. I felt, I felt it was... First of all, it was a story that if it needed to happen, it could have been so much more interesting um, and actually told an interesting story, which I didn't really think it did. Second, mm-hmm. the lesson from it... Of the kiss of true love is this uh, ch- is the chaste love between two women. I don't know that felt really ham handed to me. That felt that felt like it was reaching for the after school special. We learned a lesson today thing. As opposed <laughs> yeah. to being like thematically consistent. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did not think much of maleficent.
2: I'm just, pro anything that just sort of keeps rewriting the princess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mainstays. I'll agree with that. But I want it to be more uh, Zootopia and less um frozen. God, Zoot- I'm so proud of Zootopia. Right.
3: So good. Best I cannot the
2: believe year. they got that screenplay produced. Well like I... in the first ten seconds you have this rabbit is spraying ketchup all over herself talking about how, hey, we used to eat each other, but
0: now we're cool. It's yeah. amazing. It's really good. I'm I'm so hyped to have that on Blu ray just so I can like watch it like four times.
2: I can't believe Disney made that movie
0: yeah yeah that's that's the Frozen studio I believe
2: that's amazing they've eclipsed Pixar
0: they're right on Pixar's tail right now uh, I I can't remember the last thing Pixar did that I would even compare
1: what is the next Pixar oh, joint anyway uh, the next
0: Pixar Toy Story three note Finding Dory
1: Oh. And Yeah. Okay. Up, yeah.
0: up was yeah. tear-jerking kind of garbage. I'm not saying it wasn't successful. Aww. I'm just saying it was blatantly obviously manipulative and mm. they nailed that with uh with Wally. It was too heavy had a cheap ending. Yeah.
1: Wally no, should have liked it. Yeah. No, Wally. we've Wally. had this discussion Wally. before. Wally should have died. Well, all great. I care about from Pixar is that Incredibles 2 is on the docket. I know. That's
2: that makes you know. me happy. But the reason why it's happening kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. The only reason why that's happening is because, um, uh, what's it, Tomorrowland flops so hard. Disney talked to uh, uh, Brad Bird. He's like, if you really ever want to work with us again, you need to make Incredibles, too.
0: Did Brad Bird make Tomorrowland? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Did you see Tomorrowland? No, I saw some of it and was like, okay, no.
2: It was a Randy and screed. It was not good.
0: Mm. That makes me sad. Yeah,
2: a lot of talented people trying to just bring a terrible script to life.
1: (laughs) You can only do so much.
0: So, uh, Chamberlain, what's next on the docket? uh, Uh,
1: I actually have Far Cry Cry Primal. Mm. Loaded, locked and loaded, ready to go.
0: No, you realize you don't have much time until uh, Mirror's Edge and Uncharted 4. I know,
1: I know. And, and here's the thing. I, I long ago resigned to being able to play very little on time. So I will allow you to have the lion's share of the excitement of those, and I'll play them when I get around to them. Oh. Because did you finish Far Cry Primal? Or no. did you play, like, a ways into it and then kind of get distracted by other I It's a Ubisoft
0: game. No, you didn't finish it. <laughs> I probably did eighty, 80 to ninety percent, and it was good. Okay. Like I want to, I want to go back to it, keep playing it. But you know, Dark Souls. What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I don't yeah. think
2: I'm ever gonna crack open. Uh, what was it Syndicate ever again?
0: Syndicate. I got like halfway through.
1: Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oh yeah. Did you guys
0: watch the the six minute trailer for Deus Ex this week? No. Uh, that's no. I I think it's I think it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> I don't know about terrible, but that trailer certainly didn't do anything to me to tell me that it's gonna be better than the last one. I did not like it. Well, I, I couldn't point out anything really wrong with it. I said, it's, I it's not perfect. It's in shooting distance. You can see perfect from here. It's really good, but it wasn't anything that I needed to go back to and play again, ever. Exactly. It was like,
2: I felt like I was sold a bill of goods. Yeah. I felt like I bought half a game. Yeah. Mm. Like it's, I cannot believe those reviews were so good. I'm still pretty angry about it well
0: I think it was because the first time you play it when you start pushing in a different direction in Deus Ex it does accommodate it like there are four different ways to get into this building and once you're in there are like four different ways to do what you need to do and then you get to a boss fight and you better have points in combat
2: and yet I would much rather play an Uncharted game again than Deus Ex
0: yeah but I loved its world I loved its art direction um it's
2: Detroit was an abomination
0: I thought it was beautiful
2: no, I mean, like, the, the, that's not how people in Detroit talk at oh, all. Oh. At all. Hmm. Well,
1: most people have that, fled that Detroit lately. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody wants to be there. You know the Deus Ex rule, right?
0: Say what? I think you so.
1: Know, the Deus Ex I, rule. Every time you mention it, somebody reinstalls it.
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, listener. Let's hope you installed the good one. I mean, the I first hope one, it's yeah. good, but like what I've seen, the writing seems exactly where it used to be. Yeah. Just not... just. One step short of the profundity
0: they really need. I don't know, it feels but, like a lot of yeah. steps short. It feels A lot of what I saw in that trailer feels very paint-by-numbers. This is what yeah. you expect of Deus Ex, and it's what we're delivering to you. Uh, philosophy but, 101 garbage. <laughs> no, there wasn't, even any, there wasn't even much any philosophy that I saw. It was It was very much just kind of checking the boxes. And that kind of terrifies me, because I'm pretty sure this is the studio that did the last Thief game.
2: Oh boy!
0: yep doesn't that disgust you,
2: man? Their art design was really good though, like amazing eh. like I feel so sorry for the artists that were shackled to that piece of crap.
0: I don't know i feel like I feel like the art in thief was was once again very paint by numbers, like they felt like they wanted to go for this dark, moody thing, but in doing it they they ticked the Overhooded. boxes, but they didn't actually create anything that was interesting to look at ever. I can't remember one part of that game that was actually cool-looking. Oh, the anthropomorphic people oil paintings.
2: Those were terrifying.
0: Okay, yeah. But I'm talking about the world itself. Oh, yeah, no, it was pretty drab. It was. It was just drab. It was boring. And it was like, you know what it's, it's a good example of? That is the difference between Neo and Souls. Hmm. Is Neo is trying to recreate that same shit, but they don't understand why it works. <laughs> Uh. and Souls just does it, and it's beautiful and huge and soaring and gothic and romantic, and my god, isn't this amazing? Let's take some pictures of walking out after that, after going through, like, catacombs, and then you walk out onto a cliffside, and you're looking at Ithil Valley, and it's like, oh my god, it's like that moment at the beginning of Bioshock Infinite where you shoot above the clouds, and Booker goes,
1: huh! It's just
0: <laughs> amazing.
1: So it's a lot like want, DC watching the Marvel movies and saying, let's make our own movies.
0: Yes, very yeah. much. Very much. They just can't hit that secret sauce. But then again, neither has Marvel for, like, the past three movies, so. Okay, unless you want to count Deadpool, but I don't. Um, let's
2: see,
0: what are the last three Marvel movies? Uh, Deadpool, Ant-Man Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Okay, well, let's not count Deadpool, because that is, like... Technically Fox. Yes. So you got Ant-Man, you got Captain America Winter Soldier, which I did not like what I did not like
1: fight and, fight fight
0: and you've got and you've got Avengers oh, too why
1: didn't you like one because um because
0: because he like, hates America that's no, why there was a lot I of g- please I want to hear this there one. was a lot of good <laughs> shit in it I loved the sequence where cap has to escape that's that fight sequence in the elevator that was oh. amazing
2: well, not just that like him noticing one of the guys is just sweating profusely
0: yes. And that's how he pieces it all together yeah. brilliant like it had it had great parts to it but uh very much like um very much kind of like batman versus superman actually uh this was a story that was that was a series of contrivances to drive us to a certain point and none of it mm. actually felt organic and good and then at the end when that huge when the helicarrier is going down um, i'm i remember sitting there in the theater thinking Oh, this is gonna kill so many people when it splashes, unless unless it lands on water and then it crashes in water and it's like, oh, okay, it's a good thing that was there then. (laughs) Like it all just felt so easy. But please don't compare that to in BVS. Yeah, I know that
2: was hard. In the uh, mean, the. Cabinets like oh thank God there was no one in that building that just collapsed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that he said those words like
0: that and it's just like fuck you movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> but again no that that's the same thing here is this spectacular huge thing that should have wiped out the population of a city but oh no it's okay it just splashes down in water we're fine it's the same thing it's just BBS had a line for it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I I but I love I can't agree with this <laughs> I love I love the actor as Cap. Uh, Chris Evans, is it? Yes. Yep. I've always really liked him, and unfortunately, he was in those terrible Fantastic Four movies. But uh, does anyone remember Jumper? I think it was. No, not Jumper. What was that superhero movie he did with? Um... Oh, come on, come on, Alex. You know what I'm talking about, right? Up, uh, Scott. Pilgrim? Push. Push. No, I didn't. Oh, Push was good. Push yeah. is like the third party superhero movie that we want a sequel for, but we'll never get. No. It was good. Push was good. Was um, Sam Jackson in that too? I don't remember.
3: Sam Jackson in everything.
0: No, I did not know. I did not watch Jumper. I knew Jumper was like a you know tween movie. Let's
2: see. Christian Anderson, whatever his name is, in Don't Touch It. (laughs) (laughs) Hayden Christensen. There we go.
1: Hayden Christensen, as in Star Wars. Hayden Christensen.
2: Unfortunately,
1: he still gets jobs.
2: No. Okay. Jumper was
0: like almost seven years ago. Oh, okay. Chris Evans Dakota Fanning, Camilla Bell, Digimon Hansu great guy. where is he? What happened to him? Uh, you know the thing is the only he's okay, he's black and he has a thick accent, yeah. so they're only going to give him certain parts, which is you know bullshit we all agree that's yeah. bullshit, and weirdly and the and even I unfortunately, when I think of a role for him, I'm thinking of like characters like mm. like. Like character actor characters, like wouldn't it be awesome to see him as Kratos? <laughs> Isn't that what the director
2: Ooh. wanted? Uh, that'd be cool.
0: I don't know, but man, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I could get behind that's that. Some Ham- that's some Hamilton shit right there. But the thing is, like, if I saw him as Kratos, then we're literally putting white face on a black actor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's ashes. There's I a know. there's it's, a story reason now. for that. Yeah.
2: Well, if you could see, he was African American under the ash. Like maybe there's some crack in the ash. Yeah. Uh. I'm kind of out of ideas. Anything else? Yeah,
1: that's about all I got. So, all right. Alex, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much
2: for letting me keep doing this. Hey, our pleasure.
1: Chance, thank you for talking. All good, baby. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you again in a week.